Well, hello, happy people. Welcome to the Tax-Free Crypto Podcast. I'm your host, Eric. The purpose, the simple purpose for this podcast is this. Because the adoption rates, which means the people who are now accepting cryptocurrency, the people who are getting involved in cryptocurrency, and I'm just talking about the mass public, not just the over 300 plus Fortune 500 companies that now accept cryptocurrency for some form of goods or services. I'm talking about the people, the common folk, regular people. The amount of those people who are now coming into this scene is astronomical. Matter of fact, here's kind of a fun fact. The same amount of people who are buying and selling cryptocurrencies today is equivalent to the amount of people who are using the internet in 1997. So roughly 130 million people globally right now are using cryptocurrency or buying and trading cryptocurrency. In 1997, about 1.7% of the world's population at the time, about 130 million people were using the internet. In 97, the internet was actually 14 years old. Uh, it came out for public wide use in about 1983, but nobody really used it until the late 90s, 14 years after. Ironically, Bitcoin, the granddaddy of all cryptocurrencies, was invented or started in 2009, which created the entire crypto industry. We're 14 years into that, and we're seeing that same trajectory, that same sort of movement, that nuanced movement that we see with adoption rates. So the purpose for this podcast is to kind of bring some news to you. If you're brand new to the space, if you want to get into cryptocurrency or you want to help convince a, a, a mom, a dad, a grandfather, a brother, a sister, you know, negative, crazy Uncle Jim, you know, whatever your, your case is, perhaps this is a podcast that's going to help you digest some of the news in sort of this caveman style way. So this will be brief. Hopefully it'll be fun and we can grab your attention. So I just wanted to start out with some of that stuff. A few things I want you to know that are huge news in the cryptocurrency world right now. First of all, maybe you've heard, and perhaps this is why you started getting involved or wanted to be involved in, in buying cryptocurrencies. Perhaps you've heard of uh, BlackRock, right? The world's largest financial manager, uh, financial institution, 10 trillion with a T is what they have AUM or accounts under management. They put in for what's called a spot Bitcoin ETF. Kathy Wood, who is the manager of ARK, she was actually the first one to put in for that spot ETF. And here in August is when the SEC needs to get back to her. Either they're going to extend the time that they get back to her, extend the time when they approve it. Kathy Wood, uh, it was actually the first to put in for the spot Bitcoin ETF. And she either is going to get an extension this month because she's the first one to hear yay or nay on it. She's either going to get that extension or the approval or perhaps all of the financial institutions that came behind it. So like I said, ARK, BlackRock, Fidelity, and many other the institutions put in for the spot ETF, spot Bitcoin ETF. Perhaps they're going to prove them all together. Why is that important? An ETF is what's called an exchange traded fund, meaning bits and pieces of a certain product are put within this ETF. And if the SEC, which is the people that run the legal side of like the stock market here in the United States, if they put approval on that, well, that opens the door 
to a lot more money to people who are uh, not interested in cryptocurrency or they're not on the the train to really ride uh, cryptocurrency with us into the future. But if they see that there is a small portion of government regulation on a cryptocurrency, they'll gladly give their money. So that's going to pour in a, a bunch more money if and when those are approved. And it looks like all signs point toward yes when it comes to the ETFs. On top of that, Bitcoin is going into its next halving. Here's what that means. Bitcoin, uh, part of the algorithm that was created for the cryptocurrency that we know now know and love as Bitcoin, their algorithm, roughly every, every four years, it halves. Now, what halving means is that the miners, the people who are mining for the cryptocurrency, when it first started in 2009, they were awarded 50 Bitcoin. How cool would that be if you owned 50 Bitcoin even by today's standards? Well, four years after, roughly four years later, it went from 50 to 25. And then four years after that, it went from the 25 to 12 and a half. Four years later, which was the last halving, it went down to six and a quarter. Well, the next halving is going to approximately be around April or so, April or May of 2024, which means the reward to the miners will go from 625 to a little over three Bitcoin. Well, with the Bitcoin ETF possibly around the corner, with the halving that's coming up, the value of the coin has to go up in order to make it worthwhile for the miners, the people mining it. And you're going to read all over the interwebs, right? All over the Google machine, all these different people who are going to give you different thoughts and ideas of how high it's going to go up and uh, it, it could hype it up and all that. But the truth is, historically, when we've seen having happen, the price of Bitcoin or another coin has gone up substantially. So that's something for you to consider uh, as you get into this space. Here at Tax Free Crypto, who we are, we're actually a platform for you to trade cryptocurrencies. And the reason we call it Tax Free Crypto is because we want you to do it, encourage you to do it through a Roth IRA. That way, all of your gains are completely tax free. I'd love to talk to you more about that. Let's get back to the news here. On top of the news of, of what's happening with Bitcoin, Litecoin, uh, which is a light version of Bitcoin, came out around the same time and all that. It just halved just a couple of days ago. And right now, uh, Litecoin is about $85, $86 right now. And so historically, it's going to go up because of the halving. Again, just for you to be in the news to look at what coins uh, to, to, to consider purchasing. Right now in the United States, the three most popular coins to purchase, Bitcoin, obviously that's number one, Ethereum, that's number two, and then Dogecoin, that's actually the third most popular currently in the United States. Litecoin is always a good purchase as well. I'm not giving you financial advice, I'm just giving you information that deductive reasoning may lead you to the point of making a smart call when it comes to your money. Here's a couple of other things that happened this past month, especially in the month of July. Uh, it is now August by the time of this recording, this podcast. Okay, so let's get on to other news. All right, so there's two bills, two crypto bills that were just advanced in Congress. Now, for the United States, despite us being the world's biggest economy and we're home to many of the most innovative companies uh, that are in the crypto industry, from mining to protocol startups to venture funds to those kinds of things and major exchanges here in the U.S., we are lagging behind much of the world when it comes to crypto regulation. 
However, a set of bills that would help set clear guardrails for the industry and establish consumer protections recently advanced in the House of Representatives. And of course, as we know, when you create that bill or bring in a bill, it's a key step to the long process that makes them into laws. And so that's where we are. So the first that was presented to the House of Representatives, first up is what's called the Financial Innovation and Technology Act for the 21st century. Or if we acronym it out as we should, it is FIT21 or FIT21 that advanced through the Financial Services Committee and the House Committee on Agricultural last week with, and this is key, bipartisan support, meaning both ding-dongs on both sides of the aisle are finally agreeing on something, right? And we know that that's hard to do. So as the latest attempt at comprehensive crypto reform, the bill defines when a cryptocurrency is a commodity or is it a security, okay? And what it does, this bill is also empowering the, uh, the Commodity Futures Trading Commission or the CFTC, you may have heard of that before. That stands for Commodity Futures Trading Commission. It gives them, this bill uh, is introducing it, that it gives them the power to determine if it's a commodity or a security and to regulate digital asset commodity spot markets, right? We talked earlier about the spot Bitcoin ETF. This would go under the jurisdiction of the CFTC. But it also establishes a pathway for crypto trading platforms to register with the CFTC and the SEC or the Security Exchange Commission. This is important. Before, they would come after and sue these big exchanges or sue these big crypto companies, but there was really no clear path for the those companies they were suing to really kind of follow the law. So it was sort of confusing to them. So that's what the first was up, is the FIT21 or the Financial Innovation and Technology Act for the 21st century. If what you're listening to right now is sort of going over your head, all you need to know is that within the United States government, two bills are being passed with the subject matter of cryptocurrency, and it's good. Okay, that's what you need to know. The other key bill, and if you are listening, the other key bill uh, under consideration is what's called the Clarity for Payment Stablecoins Act. What that does is it would create a regulatory framework for stablecoins. Now, a stablecoin is a cryptocurrency that is stable to a reserve asset, which is usually the U.S. dollar, right? So it's equivalent to that. It's stable, hence it's called stablecoin. You've heard of Tether. That's a stablecoin. You've heard of USDC. That's also another stablecoin, okay? So this act, again, let me read it again. This act, what it does, it would create a regulatory framework for stablecoins with the Federal Reserve creating a set of rules for how they're issued, okay? This is important. So the bill clarifies that stablecoins are payment instruments that are neither securities nor commodities, and the proposed legislation also provides rules for reserves, transparency, compliance, and risk management, and creates a path for banks and non-banks to issue stablecoins with proper oversight. So the reason why this is important is a lot of times when uh, crypto stuff is brought into the House of Rep Representatives or under all the government stuff, it's usually sort of sandwiched in or crammed in with a whole bunch of other crap. But that's not the case here. These were two standalone bills with the subject of cryptocurrency that went through our government process. That's big news. That's a big deal. And in light of the ETF coming and the halving coming for Bitcoin specifically, these are great things for you to get into the market with. All right. What's another news? 
Ethereum just turned eight years old on July the 31st. They just turned eight years old, so happy birthday to Ethereum. Uh, let's check what it is at right now as of this recording. Ethereum is currently trading at uh, $1,840.69, so buy some of that up. And Bitcoin, I didn't say it earlier, right now as of this recording, $29,226.20. I say it right now based on the ETF and the having coming next year or coming in April, get some Bitcoin while it's on sale. Of course, I want to encourage you, if you're going to trade in cryptocurrency, if you're going to have a strategy of trading some of the money you've allotted for investments, I would highly encourage you to have a portion of those investments in a tax-free vehicle. Why wouldn't you try to buy as much crypto as you can within that vehicle so that when this next bull run happens, all of those gains would be completely tax-free? I want to give you more information on that as well. Litecoin, I said earlier, was just on sale. Uh, or It is on sale right now, but it just went through its next halving. Right now, it's on sale for $86.34. And by the way, those of you who are new to this, when I say it's on sale, I don't mean that I, on my site, am selling it for this, therefore it's on sale. I'm kind of tongue-in-cheek in it. It's on sale while it's low before the next bull run. That's what I mean uh, when I say that. So that's the important news that's happening in the market. Numbers you need to know, $100 billion. Bitcoin's approximate trading volume in the month of July was $100 billion, which is the lowest level since November of 2020. That's because a lot of people are sort of buying and holding on that stuff. It didn't trade as much as it did because I think we're trying to see what's coming around the corner. So the largest cryptocurrency by market cap has also seen five-year volatility lows. Uh, so it's not as volatile as we've seen it before in the past. Bloomberg made this note. The digital currency, or Bitcoin, the digital currency's five-day volatility is sitting below that of the S&P 500 tech stocks and gold. So at this point, the month of July showed us $100 billion, which may be the lowest level of trading volume in Bitcoin, but it was also more stable than the S&P 500, an index uh, of uh, over 500 of the largest companies in the world that are in it. So that's pretty cool. And then let me end it with this news. MicroStrategy, a fellow named Michael Saylor. If you're new to the crypto game, this is somebody you should follow. If you're on X, the company formerly known as Twitter, follow him. Follow me, tax-free underscore crypto, but also follow uh, Michael Saylor. He's pretty interesting to follow. He owns a company called MicroStrategy, and what they are as a company, they're an enterprise analytics software company. But most people, especially in the crypto game, know it as something else. They are a company that owns a crap ton of Bitcoin. And MicroStrategies, their Q2 earnings call came out. They are a publicly traded company. And so this is the reason I wanted to share this news with you. Here are some highlights from their Q2 earnings call. Their total revenues decreased by 1%, but within this Q2, by, which ended in July, they purchased 12,333 more Bitcoin. Okay, that's worth $347 million that was purchased by MicroStrategies. They bought more of that. So MicroStrategy owns, they own a whopping 152,800 Bitcoin. That's a net worth, uh, or that's a worth on the Bitcoin of $4.52 billion. Now, here's what's interesting. Here's the wild part of it. MicroStrategies wants to buy more 
Bitcoin, right? Hashtag can't stop, won't stop. That's what MicroStrategy is doing. The company filed paperwork. Here's what's cool. The company filed paperwork with U.S. regulators to let them sell up to $750 million worth of Class A common stock. Why? So they can raise money to finish it, buy more Bitcoin. I know that Saylor buys a crap ton of Bitcoin. And when he does it, everybody calls him a visionary. But when I do it, my wife calls for an intervention. Uh, so let's be more innovative. Let's consider ways in which we are using our trading strategies toward cryptocurrency. So that's why I said it earlier. My encouragement to you is do it through a tax-free vehicle. Go to taxfreecrypto.com. If you need help setting up a, an account or talking through it, send me an email. My email right here on the screen, eric at taxfreecrypto.com. Send it there. Follow me on Twitter, taxfree underscore crypto. That is my username. Meet me on there. Let's chat back and forth. Let's collaborate with one another. One more thing before I go. If you're somebody out there and you're interested in being an affiliate with Tax-Free Crypto, also shoot the same email, eric at taxfreecrypto.com. I want to hear from you. I want to give you a link. Follow us on our socials. Thanks for listening in. Tax-Free Crypto.